Welcome back to another episode of Textual Healing. I'm your host, Mallory Smart, and today I'm joined by Drew Buxton, author of the short story collection, So Much Heart, from With an X Books. But before we get into that, let's hang back and let me tell you a little bit more about Textual Healing. It's a weekly podcast that interviews writers about music, books, and every other random thing that drives them creatively. You can show your love to those authors and to Textual Healing by following us on Twitter at PodHealing, rating us on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on Spotify. Now back to Drew. Drew is a writer from San Antonio, Texas. His work has been featured in Joyland, Electric Literature, Malden House, Vice, and Hobart, among many other places. In this episode, though, we get into the heart of what So Much Heart is about. Pop culture, conspiracy theories, American folklore, the absurdity of actually being honest in fiction. Random note, I didn't end up watching the music videos that Drew recommended. I got stuck on Reddit reading about the Manchester Pusher because he made me do it. Keep listening to the interview and you'll understand. It's a wild ride, so let's get to it with Drew. Drew Buxton. I am the author of So Much Hearts, a new short story collection with with an X Books, the hottest new indie publisher out there. Um, and it's available for pre-order. Uh, comes out on July 25th. There's the release date is just totally arbitrary. It's it's available now. So we just we just wanted to say there's like a real release date to have it feel official, but we just, I think Johnny just sends it out whenever someone orders. I mean, I just got mine. I, I love it. <laughs> this is a great, I, I was a little confused at first when like I opened it up, I was like, oh, this is a little book. I thought it was a long book, but I like the size. Yeah, I like it. It's, uh, you know, you try to make it smaller to make it, seem give it a little more girth you know um i think it would have just been a little a little silly if it was if it was bigger and and you know like only 80 pages or whatever well there's yeah i mean it's like i like i know um or like scott mcclanahan his books are like tiny and that seems like that's kind of like mary miller's first book from Short Flight, Long Drive, that's like a tiny book. So there's a lot of little books that I like. Now, obviously, since I'm so focused on the design and everything, who did the cover? So is is an artist by the name of Huff Stuff. Uh, you can check out his Instagram. He does a lot of uh, really cool stuff. I'm, I was, like, so blown away by the job he did. I Luckily, the poet with an X was really uh, open to like an idea, and I'd always just wanted like a thought it'd be cool to have kind of like an exploitation uh, movie poster style. Um, so I kind of described it, and then like John was open to it. John Nixon, he t- he just described, he just said that to Huff stuff, and he just like is basically like better than I could have like better than it looked in my mind, if that makes sense. I mean, this is the most retro stuff ever. I mean, you even have Pogs on it. Right. Yeah, yeah, Pogs are sort of a, that was a big part of my childhood, and it's included in the book, so. Um, 
That is the definite same right here. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, there's a part of the book where it's, like, the... So I, ha- I did have, like, a super slammer. Like, I don't know if you remember that. It's, like, an inch-thick rubber one. I was actually going to ask if you remember how you play Pogs. I do. Um, so, yeah, I guess I think it's, like, either 10 or 11. And I had an official Pog pad, a little circle, foam circle. And you slam them, and you collect all the ones that end up face up. And then whoever, I guess whoever gets the majority of the 11. So if you get six, you, you win that round. Uh, and you have, like, the official slammers, which are these little thin plastic ones. Those are a lot harder because I was used to just taking this rubber one and just, like, I would hit it, and, like, the pogs would explode. And I thought I was, like, really good at it. See, I didn't technically have any of my own, but my big brother did, so I would just play with his. Okay. That's yeah. also how he lost a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Play for keeps. Yeah, I had a pog maker, so I would, take, I would like, make them out of my baseball cards and stuff like that. Like, I keep trying to figure out, like, what the equivalent to pogs are now. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just have to say it's like a um, whatever app game is popular. Um, guess my Roblox or something. What was that one that I actually, I was like teaching or I was like a in-class tutor in this, it was like 2014. Flappy, it was a Flappy Bird. Yeah, that got really big. So I think like kids, those kids will reminisce about like Flappy Bird in the same way we reminisce about Pogs. <laughs> it's funny how Pogs apparently don't hit with everyone. Um my fiance, he's same age as me. He'd never heard yeah. of them. We're from the same wow. state, but yeah, just didn't happen to hit his school district. Weird. Yeah, I always thought of these some of the things like I'll talk to people from you know different part, same age, different part of the country, and it's like they all had. Seems like they all had like a yo-yo phase. They all had like a cat's cradle phase. Um, I don't. Know, I think part of it is like when someone would come to your school like the I remember like the yo-yo people came to the school or like the jump rope people came and did like this big presentation my favorite were the yo-yo people (laughs) yeah of course yeah now I wonder what they do at schools now like what random ass thing do they do when they bring the kids in for assembly in the old gym yeah I guess elementary school you just gotta kill time yeah uh like, what, do they have someone come in and be like, look at me achieve this amazing level in this video game? Or Right. I don't know. I wonder if the jump rope is still a thing. Is that, or if they can, like, you know, maybe they have a hard time recruiting. Like, they, it's hard to find good jump rope people now. <laughs> See, hey, there you go. That's a job idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm so far behind, though. Well, you just yeah. got to get a jump rope and then just start showing up at schools. I can't promise that it's going to work out <laughs> right for you. <laughs> you might get arrested. I don't know. Yeah, get on some watch lists. Uh, Although, but. like, it would be the most hilarious thing. It would be more Florida-like headline, but in Texas. So Right. We, I mean, we have a lot. It's like it, Florida, it's good that Florida exists because I think it, we, would, it would, we would sort of fill that gap if, if it weren't for Florida, so. Back to So Much Heart. Yeah. One, why did you name it that? Uh, so just it's one of the, you know, it's a title of one of the stories. Um, and I thought it just, 
I don't know. I, I just don't have like an articulate answer. Um, but I think it just works well as like the the title of that story and like the I, but it's the idea of like uh, sort of having heart in kind of running throughout these stories of but not necessarily manifesting in like these really positive ways in the way that you normally think about it but just sort of this uh, sort of scheming and striving is more uh, but sort of showing resilience in like a kind of an odd way if that makes sense I know it definitely does so was there something in that story that made you think this is why I want it to be the titular story of the book Mm, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of my favorite stories in the book. Um, you know, like the story just, it was actually, it was kind of, I wrote it out of spite. Uh, and I'm just sort of a very spite driven person, petty. Um, so my friend said I couldn't have both Bigfoot and DB Cooper in the same story. Um, and then, so I just had to write it. Um, but yeah, just those, you know, those two things. I love. Yeah, I don't know. One of my definitely one of my favorite stories in there. Yeah, you know, when you say like Bigfoot, or yeah, it's so littered with random pop culture shit. I mean, even like it begins with the Cool Hand Luke quote yeah. and everything. Yeah. Were you just going like pop culture crazy while writing this, or? Um. Not necessarily. I mean, I do find, like, I'm really interested in taking, like, um, sort of real events and um, kind of twisting them around into fiction. Kind of, I like sort of alternative history fiction or um, things like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I am somewhat pop culture obsessed, but... It's sort of things that aren't necessarily that popular now, but I just get fixated on, like... Like, I watched, like, for example, Cool Hand Luke. Like, I was obsessed with that movie and when I was in uh, middle school and just watched it all the time. Um, and, like, yeah. So, ran, like, you know, obsessed with 90s, a lot of 90s music. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just get fixated on certain uh, things in pop culture. Mm-hmm. I do find it funny that you have that quote like from Cool Hand Luke, but none of the songs that are in Cool Hand Luke are in your heavy rotation lately. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, I do love, like, that was the first time I heard Plastic Jesus was on Cool Hand Luke. And then I actually think, like, I've listened to a bunch of versions of that song, and I actually think, like, I like like Paul Newman's version on the movie the most, but but that's not really like a you know song on uh, Spotify. Yeah, well, that's what YouTube is for. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which is what the poor people do before they get Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Although we're lucky, or I'm lucky enough to have Spotify. I don't know. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I shell out the. Was it ten bucks or they probably upped it at some point? I didn't notice, but I was gonna say, okay, thank God. I don't know how much it is. I just know I get charged every month. Yeah, not really paying attention. I just see it pop up, Spotify. And I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, access to 
all the songs besides, you know, when I want to play some uh, uh, Joni Mitchell or something, but that's okay. You can go to YouTube for that. I think what I find most interesting is that from the cover and from a lot of the stuff that's in the story and obviously just our fun conversation about pogs. Yeah. I'm going to take just a fun guess at your age here. Okay. Yeah. 40s? No, it's a little younger than that. Oh, shit. Damn, I hate it when I (laughs) overshoot somebody. 30s? Yeah, I'm uh, 36. Okay, so then I'm going to definitely lay into you. What's with all the dad rock in here? Um, yeah, I don't know. I've, uh, wait, what, what is, I'm trying to think now. What is the dad rock from it? Um, uh, uh, when I see, like, Rod Stewart. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love some Rod Stewart. I saw him recently, in, uh, actually up in near Chicago at Tinley Park. Um, oh, dude, legit. <laughs> yeah, and it was Cheap Trick open for him. Uh, he still still got it mostly. He couldn't, like, the big moments he needed kind of some backup. But he, for, like, I don't know if he's, like, I think he's in his 70s. Um, pretty good still. I don't know. I became, I'm sort of obsessed with Rod Stewart. It's kind of a joke amongst my friends, but I just think he's just awesome. Uh, truly unique vocal talent. Um uh, but yeah, I just get, I don't know, I get, uh, yeah, just fixated on things that from, yeah, it's not really my time, but. Oh, we all do. I'm going through a really yeah. big 70s phase right now. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to point out, it's so weird. Uh, I was just recently told that Tinley Park is not called Tinley Park anymore. Uh, so I just oh, looked it right? up. It's Credit Union One Amphitheater. Oof. I know. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably what it was called. I just knew it was in. It was in Tinley Park. Yeah, it was called Tinley Park for the longest time. I still call it Tinley Park, but I was very rudely Wait, corrected. So you're saying the the neighborhood or like the area is called not called Tinley Park? No, the neighborhood is called Tinley Park, but the okay, actual okay. amphitheater is no longer. That would be crazy if like a whole area of a city got named by like a credit union or something. Let's face it, uh, we're almost there. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. But no, the same thing like in uh, Rosemont it used to be Rosemont Arena. Now it's Allstate Arena? Right. We're getting very commercialized up here. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been going that way for a while. A lot of it is very, like, banky. I don't know what that's about. All the banks are buying Yeah, it. I mean, that, that's, like, a big thing with, like, you know, uh, sports stadiums as well. I love guaranteed rate fields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a one, there's a bowl game a while back called the galleryfurniture.com bowl. What? Which, <laughs> um, you so, know, yeah. you read things like Infinite Jest like a decade ago, and you're like, that shit'll never happen, right? And then it's like, oh shit, <laughs> maybe right. it's getting there. Yeah. So, what other music? Like, is everything that you sent me still your heavy rotation? Do you do like a repeat list or? Yeah, so I get, like, my girlfriend gets frustrated with me because I just, like, will just play the same music just over and over and over. Or, like, I'll even, like, I'll play a song, like, ten times in a row, you know, if I'm just currently obsessed with it. Um, But I recently, like, 
my friend introduced me to some new music, like uh, like the Charlie Crockett song. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like my friend uh, Nick Garza of Nick Gar- Garza's Get Along, a little country outfit of out of Austin, Texas. Check him out. Um, but yeah, introduced me to kind of like the hip Austin music going on right now. So take that. That was good. I find the Tupac in your list kind of jumping out at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like I, not I'm not as obsessed as I used to be, but I used to be very into very into hip hop, particularly like '90s, like you know Nas, Biggie, Tupac, uh, Wu Tang, Mob Deep, the kind of that New York stuff mostly. And I, um, but yeah, Tupac like is that's like I try to get like amped up before I write sometimes. Uh, so if I get and just get like kind of pumped up and like that song is so badass. It's like the most badass song ever. That it always. Always gets me. That's what I was going to say. Like, do you have that, like, song? Is that the song that you do, like, to get, like, pumped before you're writing? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, a, it's, like, a lot of songs, but, that, like, that's one in particular, yeah. Okay. No, I, I have, like, like, a playlist going on of d- different shit. Like, I'll dance for an hour and then be like, I could write now. Okay. Right. Like, he's, like, part, obviously, like, the, you know, writing's kind of the very kind of egotistical thing. And so, like, the you kind of channel that. Like that song, ambitions as a writer is like just basically about how badass he is. He's just good for you know four minutes. Um, so like you, you kind of get some of that rubs off, you know. You know, like drip that like badassery yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just I just need a little, you know. Just a taste. Yeah. Are you capable of writing and listening to music at the same time? Um. Yeah, but I've, I've, like, I'm trying to become, like, more efficient. So I think, like, sometimes I'll get too, like, I'll drink too much coffee and, like, listen to too much music, and I'll be too, like, wired to actually actually write, you know. Or um, one problem I have is, like, if I get too, yeah, too much coffee, too much music, then I'll have another, I'll just keep coming up with ideas and and a lot of times they're like really shitty ideas, but I can't tell because I'm just in that state, you know, Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm going to write an essay about, you know, whatever. And then once I calm down, like, that's terrible. But that's like the kind of best manic writing state to be in because you never know if you're going to randomly be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. See, that's like my, yeah, I don't know. I've just wasted like... Like that's what the was why like Adderall for me is dangerous because it, I think every like idea I have is great and then I was like you I was supposed to work on the novel but I spent like uh, you know two you know three hours writing these poems and they're you know terrible so that's it's it's hard to hard to distinguish yeah but we're supposed to be the assholes who are like <laughs> you took it too far. <laughs> Take several steps back. Are you going through a manic moment? <laughs> yeah. Well, I would like actually to say, as a publisher, I do have to do that <laughs> occasionally. Right. Do you like, are we going through one of those moments? Maybe I'll talk to you in a week. Let's see if you still like it. Right. But no, I, I definitely vibe the idea that, like, if you get, like, too overstimulated, that it's kind of impossible to keep track of, like, what's going on in your head while you're writing. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of times it just turns into, like, 
you know, j- just jotting random thoughts down. Have you ever tried, I recommend this all the time to people who, like, kind of have that situation, the most dangerous writing app? Oh, I've heard of it. Okay, so this won't be the first time a lot of people on textual healing will have heard of it, because I love it. It's actually how I wrote my <laughs> one book almost entirely <laughs> off of it. Do you, are, are they, uh, do they sponsor textual healing? If only. Yeah. <laughs> I could use the sponsorship, people. Come on. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, it is a thing where it's online. It's called Most Dangerous Writing App. I think it's taken over by another website, though. But you basically get a timer of, like, five, ten minutes, however long you want it to be. And it's by Squibbler now. And if you stop writing even for, like, a second, it deletes everything you wrote. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, so you have to keep writing nonstop for those five or ten minutes. I mean, I think it even says that, like, it can go as long as, like, an hour, maybe. And then you write for 58 minutes and then... Oh, hell no, I would never do that. <laughs> I go five minutes at best. And sometimes I just start, like, hitting random letters if I can't figure right. out stuff. Just, like, I just don't want to lose what I wrote. That's interesting. I have this, like... Um... It's kind of like like you've heard of like the free write. Um, have you heard of that where it's like this little screen, like it's this keyboard and this little screen, and you uh, you basically like you type, but you can't really you can only see basically like a few sentences, the most recent few sentences. So you, you're not like looking back, mm-hmm. and you're not hooked up to the internet. I I got like a very, it's like the same idea but much cheaper. It's it was like I think it was like. In, from, like, the early 2000s, like, for, like, I guess just, like, teaching kids how to type was basically the same thing. Okay. I think I know what you're actually talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of um, repressed a lot of the 90s technology. Yeah. yeah. It's somewhat helpful, though, like... Uh, but it seems like it's yeah. the same thing where don't look back, you just got to keep writing. You don't have right. enough time yeah. to, like, dwell on the last thing you wrote. Right. Yeah, similar, similar concept. Yeah. Whereas in the stories, there is a lot of room where it feels like they're very contemplative. Did okay. it take you yeah. long to, like, write short stories? Like, I, I'm always very curious. Like, are you, like, a, I get the short story down in, like, one sitting or? Uh, no. Um, I think, like. Well, like, the older stories in here, like, I, you know, I first wrote a draft for them, like, years ago, um, and I had to, like, rewrite them, and, but, like, the more recent ones came pretty, came easier, but, yeah, I think I work kind of slow, like, I'll, um, write for, like, you know, maybe, like, write a page in a day or something, like, you know, like, but, yeah, I don't, I won't sit there and just, like, crank it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, don't go on most dangerous writing app then. <laughs> yeah, 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 just smash it against the wall. Yeah, you'll you'll ruin whatever you're writing on. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so if this book had a soundtrack, what would you make the soundtrack? Mm, well, I think like from like the songs from 
always be on, like always be on a baby. Obviously, it has to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mariah and Whitney. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think like they would need. If I had like each song, each story could have its own unique. Um, like maybe like you're gonna know my name like. Um. Like Jockey Full of Bourbon or something like that. Tom Waits. Just like one of those good scheme, you know, this it's like you hear it and you wanna go, you know, steal or something. Okay, so like what era Tom Waits? So, um my favorite like is uh, you know, Rain Dogs and uh what the album for that was like what is that like swordfish trombone what was it called? Something like that. Uh, but those those back to back albums are my are my favorite. I dig it. Yeah. I just like that this man like never gets old. I mean, physically yes, but <laughs> right. His music is always awesome. I'm yeah. really into the old earlier earlier shit. You like the like I was just closing time to and shit like closing that. time like uh, yeah. I hope I don't fall in love with you and old fifty was it fifty five or something. Uh, yeah, he's more like a, he's almost like sappy at times in that era. Yeah, definitely like a bit of like a folksy thing. Yeah. I think it's because I had a friend when any yeah when any time we were discussing writing or whatever, he had his guitar out and he'd start randomly playing Tom Waits and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone else has that friend group. The friend who just like pr- like produces a guitar out of nowhere and like ugh. Here we go. I know, and you're just like having to have a conversation, and next thing you know, he's saying like old shoe and shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but okay. If there was one theme song to this book, what would it be? Sorry, I just watched Titanic. My mind is stuck on it. Yeah, um, one theme song. Um, and no, it can't be. My heart will go on. God, um, what are you know? How many songs are there? What are some songs? Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. If we if we return to it, maybe I'll I'll have something. I should have come prepared. It's all right. No, believe me. I'm like that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I could even get you rapid fire thinking later, but. Okay. <laughs> let's first discuss the process of all this. I mean. Okay. When did you begin? Obviously, you were publishing these stories individually. I mean, I'm trying to remember when you first sent me the one story in Malden House. Yeah, I think that would have been like 2008. Was it like 14 or 15 or maybe 16? I don't know. Yeah, somewhere in there. Oh, back in my 20s. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been working on this for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's been like, you know, I hadn't necessarily like conceptualized it as like I'm working on a... um, A collection. Short story collection. Like Like I used to, like I would send it out, like just all the writing I'd accumulated... 
and like it would just be random like flash pieces and and like it would try to like get that published but it just didn't make sense as a book uh but yeah i mean just sort of i think this just got to a point where i finally had uh you know story enough stories that i liked you know uh and that worked as a book but yeah i mean i, I think the first story that i started write, wrote for this was it was originally called smash therapy but changed to always be my baby um i maybe like the first draft of that was like t- maybe 2012 uh it's been i rewrote it like so many times uh yeah it's just kind of like you it's hard to you know say that you're done you know because i think like ideally you're improving always improving so naturally when you look back you're like oh this could be better uh and then i think you just get into a place where i I don't know that that ever stops but you just get so sick of the stories you know Mm -hmm. i mean Um, obviously it doesn't have all your short stories in this so how did you curate it um, well, I left out, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, these, I guess these are my favorite stories and, um. Like, were you going for a certain, like, theme? Um, I mean, I like, I like the, like, I think a lot of the stories in here have, like, an element of surreal in them. And I kind of like that as, like, a through line, even though, like, some of, like, some of them don't really have that element. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't like. I guess I don't think about. Um, you don't get too like. I don't get bogged down in, like, by that. By like the order of stories or like themes or like I just think they're like, you know, I just think they're all good. You know. Mm-hmm. You just kind of weave together what feels most natural. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, the other stories are, I mean, to be honest, they're just, like, bad, you know, so I don't want to put those in. <laughs> Gotta love a self-aware author out there. Yeah. Not all of us are, you know. See, you don't have the crazy ego. There you go. Yeah. I think, like, I like you have to have the ego, but you just have to, like, you gotta let it out, you know, and think of it as, like, a, a sort of pet that needs to run around for a while. And that can be through, like, the actual writing. But you don't want to have have to have other people have to deal with that, you know. And I feel we all know that one person in our lives. <laughs> yeah. And we'll never say who. So on this podcast, so many people would be like, wait, is it me? Right, right. I like to keep that hanging in the air there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I'm that to someone, but... God knows I might be that somebody. Who the hell knows? Right. You with your podcast. It's fun. I I get to know <laughs> so much random dirt about everybody, but also like. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I give almost nothing about myself away. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost like the TMZ of writing. You just like deflect anything and to turn into a question for them. Exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I am that shitty friend who's recording it, really. <laughs> right. So, like, I like this one blurb where you're kind of, like, being compared to Lynch and Stephen King and a lot of gothic vibes yeah. and everything. Do you agree with that? Um, 
I mean, I like the like yeah, that was by Oliver Zaranda, who's who's awesome. His book. Have you have you read that book? No, I have not. I highly recommend. Yeah, it's like dark, like really like dark, but surreal at the same time. Uh, Soft fruit in the sun. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Like I, but I'll just like I'll take it. I I love the. Um. I mean, I like. I've always liked Gothic literature, Southern Gothic. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's flattering. I guess I don't like. I don't think of my work in in those terms. Uh, but it's it's interesting. It's just interesting to see what people say, you know, um, and how they interpret it. But yeah, it's it's cool to hear for sure. I'm trying to find where I can buy that book. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually hard to find. So it's it's by Hexus Press, which is he's he's a uh, it's in the UK. So I think you have to order directly from them. And it takes forever to come, but definitely worth it. Yeah, because as I'm reading, I'm like, ooh, body horror. I'm yeah, into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all it's all body horror. I think he's a big like Cronenberg fan. Um, but yeah. I, I'm definitely into that, and if he's into that, then that is a very huge awesomeness yeah, stamp and on it's your like book. F- fucking funny book too, yeah. Um, See that that that's my vibe, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think you dig it. So, what made you want to publish with with an X? Uh, like, did you well, send so it out to a lot of people, or I sent it out to some different places, like at different. It was kind of always, I always have this feel it's like urgency for some reason. Like, you know, I got to get it published because I could die. And, you know, God forbid my book doesn't go out there. Uh, That's a um, cokehead rush. I get that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just kind of like send it out before I was ready. I did that a lot. Uh, and I still do that with stuff, which is dumb. But I uh, just looking at, um, I think. Yeah, they they followed me, and then I followed back, and I was just—I didn't realize they were into or wanted to publish fiction. Uh, it was just like they had published these really cool photography books. Um, but I, yeah, I looked at their site, and they said they're it just said like submissions interested in only interested in short fiction in terms of like literature, horror, transgressive, and I was just like, this could yeah, this sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like the you know, I'm big on, I, you know, I just, I do get frustrated with small presses with how they, like, don't give themselves a chance in terms of, like, the covers that they put out and stuff like that. Um, but, like, it is, the design of all the, you know, photography books look great. So I was really into that. And the design of the site is, was was sort of a good, uh, good sign as well. So that's what drew you in? Yeah. And then, and then they said yes, so, you know. <laughs> It's mainly the yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they, they didn't reject me, so yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's kind of what it comes down to, let's be honest. Hey, I get that all the time, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, John's awesome. I mean, he's, like, the most receptive person I think I've he met is, in yeah. the lit world so far. He's very, uh, he's great to work with. Um, yeah, it was kind of, a, ended up being kind of an ideal situation. We're going to slowly turn this into a John Appreciation podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Especially because I'm actually interviewing Scout next week. So it's like, oh, hey, yeah. what's up, gang? Yeah. Let's all love Very with cool. an ex. Yeah. We're all in the party now. Yeah, that's a, um, a great book, too. I, I haven't read much, like, film criticism, but I did enjoy um, enjoy that book. He made it simple for me. You know, he just breaks it down movie by movie, you know. Easy to keep track of everything. I mean, he's really good because he's a critic, but he's able to bring it down to a level where it doesn't sound snobby or pretentious. Right. At all. Right, which is like, I think, takes more skill than writing in an academic way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm reading a book right now called Nightmare Fuel, and it's really good. But it's all about, obviously, the sound behind cinema and everything. Okay. But it is very technical and a bit pretentious. Right, right. So it takes it, like, longer to read. It's not as much of a fluid read. Right, yeah, I can't. It's hard for me to do this, but... Um, but yeah, Scout is very, it's very uh, approachable. Yeah. I like how chill he was when my power went out the one time. That was actually such a very horrible moment. We had recorded a two-hour podcast. Oh, God. And right as like we were getting ready to say goodbye, my power just went. Oof. I know. Yeah. And everyone was just like messaging me like, what's going on? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> And I just had to be like, don't worry, I'm going to see if I can still get it. And by the time I got the computer back on, I was like, nope, it's gone. (laughs) So we had to record a second one. Yeah. Which is very fun, trying to recreate a conversation. Right, you said to pretend to be surprised by your question. We decided to go with an approach where we were going to talk about another movie instead. But then we decided to just keep talking about the movie we were talking about before. Yeah. <laughs> Referencing a conversation that nobody will ever hear, so. <laughs> right, it's good. Oh, was, he, was that on uh, the Horrorcast? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I'll have to check that out. Oh, yeah, if you want to just hear three people kind of being like, hey, remember that conversation that you'll never hear? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty happy that that one actually got deleted because we definitely said some shit. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's like, you know what? Now I don't have to go through the editing and parsing through if I want to get rid of certain bits. Right, right. Whereas, like, you know, right now, you and me, I feel like neither of us have crossed a line yet where we're going to be like, oh, God, I need to get rid of that. Yeah, I'll find something to fixate on, though, ruminate about. I mean, you know, if you want to, like, really hardcore trash somebody right now, I'm here to listen to you, and we could delete it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, you know. Um, yeah, I forget what I said about John earlier, you know. No, just kidding. He's no. the best. John, John sucks. He's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am definitely not going to go see him tomorrow and say that to him. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, get your mind working. Okay. Let's play a game of overrated, underrated. Okay. So I'm just going to name random shit, and you say if it's overrated or underrated and why. Okay. This will be fun. Okay. Crowd surfing. Um, never done it myself. I'll say... Say properly. Can I say properly rated? Okay. 
it's kind of it's sort of played out, but at the same time, you know, when it's someone coming from the stage, I guess it's just kind of like taking that risk that you're gonna someone's gonna catch you then surf, but or sometimes I think it just start you start on the ground and people lift you up, which is kind of lame because you're you're not taking that risk, you know, of no one catching you. Some of us start off in the middle. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> the only way we can get there. <laughs> Especially if you're five feet tall like me. We got to start somewhere. Yeah, I'm like a, lo- a pretty large person. Uh, so I feel like that people just clear out and I would be one of those people who gets like, has to be carted off. Have you ever seen Mean Girls? Uh, I actually have not. Ah, uh, okay. I would say there's like this fun scene where like they do the trust thing and everybody like falls back and everybody catches each other. And there's yeah. this one person that just like drops <laughs> yeah. Would that yeah, be that, you? You just dropped. So, yeah. Okay. Overrated, underrated. Records. Uh, like vinyl. Yeah. I think overrated. Like it's just like like we've we've come so far. Society developed this amazing technology. Digital music we have like you were talking about with Spotify. Almost every song ever at your fingertips. But no, let's get this like you know, kind of shitty thing that holds, you know, a few songs that doesn't sound as good. It's probably, I mean, that's maybe not a popular opinion, but... Hey, that's what the point of the game is. Yeah. Reading at a music festival. Reading at a music festival? You know, between bands and shit. Oh, uh, that's pretty... I, I don't like that. That's overrated, so... <laughs> It's like there's, it's like it reminds me of people who it's like the sort of uh, performative reading like remind like people like walking you know they'll be at like the walking and reading it's like the, I don't think they're actually enjoying it they're just trying to like put out that image you know sometimes you go to a coffee shop and you put like a really obscure but intellectual book down so people think you're smarter right right I do that sometimes. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I it's hard. It's like hard for me to read for very long, and it has to be like quiet. I mean, I do. I guess I'm envious of you know people like go to a bar to read, which is like kind of blows my mind. You know, there is this one place. I need to check it out. It's in Printer's Row, but it's a bar slash library. Oh, okay, yeah. So I need to see if that actually fits because I've never read in a bar yet. It sounds like something that's gonna like close, very, you know, soon. To one of it's like it sounds cool, but like yeah, yeah. But it's that's cool, you know. It's just one of those vibes where it's just like yeah, check it out before it's gone. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. That just feels like life in general ever since the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Anything can close tomorrow. Right. Okay. Overrated. Underrated. Sitting at concerts. Uh, underrated. You know, I, I say that as someone who, uh, um, I'm getting older. Actually, I don't think I've ever, like, I've never been that, like, like, I, for example, I spent $10 on a, a fold-out chair at the Rod Stewart concert. We, you know, had our lawn seats. Everyone else was sitting on a blanket, you know, but I had my chair. Um... I mean, I'm sure made, you fit in with that vibe. 
Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too rowdy of a crowd. I think I was probably the youngest person there by fifteen years. So you know, and I'm not that young. So, um, is it depressing when you go to concerts like that and you see that they're like not in their prime and there are a lot of like older people there? Because uh, I saw Joan Jett recently and yeah. she was playing at a casino, and I was just looking right. around. And I was like. This is not the woman I idolize. This is really depressing. Right. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience. Like, I think Rod was, he was good enough to where it was a lot of fun and it wasn't sad. Um, but yeah, I saw, like, I was at ACL, I think it was 2007, and Bob Dylan was the the headliner. Uh, and that was, like, I it was so bad that I couldn't even recognize, like, what songs he was playing, like... Tangled Up in Blue, it was like two minutes into the song and I realized that's what he was playing. Um, I mean, his yeah, voice was, is... Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm not like... Even though I've heard he's still quite good, like Bruce Springsteen, I would be kind of hesitant, but... Um, also, he plays for like... He plays like four-hour shows. I don't know if I can... It's a long time, you know. I'm trying to think of a... Longest concert I've been to. What's the longest concert you've been to? Uh, I don't know. I went to... I'm trying to think. I don't know that I've seen, like, a really... And I was just about to be like, music festivals don't count. <laughs> right. I was going to say, I went to, like, Rock the Bells, and that was... Um, like, those are all-day things. <laughs> Maybe it may have actually been the Rod Stewart concert. He played like twenty two songs, um, which is impressive. He had like five wardrobe changes, so like he would leave, and then like this his like backup band would like play like a hit, not a Rod Stewart song, just do a cover of it while he changed while he changed, and he would come back. Um, so that was that was a little weird, but pretty impressive to still be doing that. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. I mean, maybe he just maybe he's been really made some bad investments. Definitely, <laughs> that seems typical, probably with a lot of musicians. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think the longest I've been to was Dave Matthews Band. Oh, okay. What what year was that? Uh, okay, I'm gonna guess I was maybe about like eighteen years old, so maybe two thousand eight. 2008, okay. Yeah. Um, That was was still within the the DMB sort of prime. See, I like to, like, emphasize to the world out there, I am not a Dave Matthews Band fan. I like some of his songs, but my family is devoted to him. (laughs) Really? I know. Like, they're devoted to him, like how deadheads are to Grateful Dead. And I, as the youngest person in my family, was just like... I'm going to try and bond. <laughs> right. And, yeah, that was, like, a three-hour concert. Yeah, I'm actually I'm trying to remember. That's, like, I never got to, they're obviously, so I guess you were 18, and so you're three years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they were definitely really big and when I was in high school, but I was, like, I was, like, too cool for them. But I was still, like, I thought Everybody by liking... was too cool for them. 
No, no, there was. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, what everyone said. Yeah. No, no, but so I was, but I was like into these other bands, so I thought it was cooler, like OAR and like um, Dispatch. But now those are like sort of equally embarrassing, I guess. I feel like to the right crowd, any music you listen to could be embarrassing. I had a T-shirt that said, oh, so OAR is like, stands for Of A Revolution, mm-hmm. which it's like the least revolutionary music ever. It's just about like drinking. Um, so, yeah. I promise you that most people would not even get it. <laughs> they would yeah. just be like, that's an interesting shirt. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I was, I wore it proudly. And you should continue to wear that shit proudly. Okay, I couldn't even, I couldn't get past my, you know, if I, you know, if I was, this was prime when I was a real, like, piece of ass, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, that's goals, though, for you. Yeah. Rich, be, <laughs> Just hang that shirt up and then Squeeze be like, into my I can do it. Shirt. Do you guys yeah. do that? Do you have, like, one item of clothing and you're like, I'm going to always be able to fit into that one no matter what? Um... I don't know. I, I, I don't do that, but um, I do want to, like, part of my wanting to lose weight sometimes is just, like, I want, uh, I don't want to buy new clothes, you know? So it's not, I'm not that concerned about the weight or health. It's just I don't want to have to go to Marshall's um, and buy a new wardrobe. Yeah, this feels like the most adult 30s conversation I could be having. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, seriously, my fiancé was even saying, he's like, maybe after the podcast, if you want to get new clothes at Target really quickly, if you don't like that. And I was just like, I don't want to. I, yeah. I don't want to find new clothes. Right. It's such a hassle. Being like, just want to wear everything me? elasticated. Just have, like, seven pairs of, you know gym shorts and t-shirts and just like rotate that see i wish as a girl i was able to do that more but i mean i think my version is uh leggings and a long t-shirt okay so it works i'm wearing very old leggings and a goonies t-shirt oh nice and i think that everybody in my apartment building thinks that's my uniform or something because i always wear it yeah yeah oh let me ask you this Will the bathtub selfie ever return? When I get a bathtub that I like. Oh, okay. It has to do with the bathtub itself. Yeah, see, I actually was trying to do some bathtub selfies the other day, and I actually can't keep my balance on this <laughs> one. I love that you're, like, uh, like, you're, like, washed up, and, like, you can't even balance on it anymore like you used to. <laughs> <laughs> like, Maybe like ten prime. years from now, I'll be like, oh, I remember when I used to be able to stand up on the bathtub and take a <laughs> selfie. Right. I think that's what you should do now. Now, like there, you have to do it. You gotta do a bathtub selfie. Yeah, it'd be tough. I think it, my head would be out of the, out of view. Um, How tall are you? Uh, just six two, but still, you know, standing on a bathtub. Well, I guess it depends on your ceilings and mirror situation. Yeah. But, no, I mean, we moved 
I would say recently, but we've been living in this place for like three years, so I don't live in that other apartment. And I hate this bathtub. Yeah. I will Stanley, like so proudly stand on a bathtub when I find one I like again. Interesting. You get like, oh, I guess like people in your apartment building, they probably have similar uh, bathtubs. I mean, I do wonder if like the people that have like bigger units, maybe they have better ones. Who knows? Yeah. I don't care, though. I, I've recently decided that I hate everybody in this building, and they're way too corporate and bougie for me. So, Oh. I know. The suburbs have not been good to me. Are you in the... Chicago land area, but yeah. Chicago land, yeah. That's where you're from originally, right? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. But, like, you know, I'm going to see John tomorrow... And, like, it's a very fun thing. Like, if I wanted to get to the city, like, at 10 o'clock at night, it would take me 20, 30 minutes. When I go to see him tomorrow, which will be close to 4, it'll take me about an hour. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, I actually like, like, I this is probably the most suburban place I've lived that we just moved into as an adult. And I actually like it. I, like, I just hate like noise other people's noise and uh um i'm ready to escape just, that too i have no issue i just want some damn quiet you know i hate hearing kids running down the hall goddamn kids uh actually there's a dog at my neighbors who's annoying but that's like the only thing i have to deal with and then just you know music just don't turn into that clint eastwood neighbor yeah, yeah. I, I actually haven't seen that one. I actually went on a big. It's one you don't need to see it. Like you've already heard enough, probably of, of it. Right. <laughs> like but is finally, he an ornery old man? Yes. Yeah, I've met enough, enough of those. I, I could picture it. Exactly. And I think I'm becoming that bitchy neighbor right now. Yeah. <laughs> As I come out in a Goonies t-shirt just wanting to reprimand people, like, who gave me authority? No. Yeah, you're going to run for the... You think you'll serve on an HOA board at some point? I would sooner kill myself. Yeah. (laughs) And that I won't edit out of it. Everyone (laughs) can hold me to that. Yeah. The people who serve on that shit are, like, fascists. Yeah, they actually took our... I was really excited because our dad bought us a basketball hoop and the HOA took it away. See? Yeah. Fuck the HOA. But as I get older, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want someone playing basketball outside my house. See, I could deal with it if, like, you know, like, you have a decent yard length away. But, like, if you're on top of each other, then I'd be like, yeah, fuck that shit. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's the shitty thing about being older, I will say. Less patience. Yeah, yeah, just... I mean, you want to be, like, chill so you could just read awesome books and not hear someone with their basketball, like, hitting the sideboard the entire time or their garage because they keep missing. Right. Just that children's joy just drives me nuts, you know? I hate children's joy. Yeah. In that way, with overrated, underrated, I'm just going to say it for you instead of you having to answer. Taylor Swift, overrated. 
<laughs> yeah, she's uh, with the. I like those two songs. These are like this is a long time ago, but um, I like Love Story and then You Belong to Me. That was like ten years ago, though. I don't know any other songs. I think those are her two songs she ends every show with. Oh, those are like her encores. Yeah, those are her yeah. bangers. I went to one Taylor Swift concert like ten years ago, <laughs> before oh, yeah. she became like the leader of the universe. When she was underground. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> underground. The tickets were ninety dollars still. <laughs> the bitch always knew how to make money. Oh yeah. She could always make it rain. But no. The concerts these days, they are insane. My nieces, they went to the Eras tour two nights. I know they survived. And those were like five-hour shows. And it sounds like it was just crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I wanted to see... I think Elton John played at Soldier Field. Um, And I think, yeah, those tickets were just... Obviously, I mean... You probably Ellen John tickets anywhere. You're gonna be nuts, but I've always been torn as to whether I want to see Elton John or not. Like, do you think he lives up to it? Have you seen him live? I've never seen him live, and he is like we were talking about other people. Yeah, he's quite old now. Uh, I don't know. I think like uh, my friend's mom saw him recently and said she loved it. Um. I don't think you can trust the taste of a friend's mom, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She probably just can't see Elton any other way, you know? Yeah, like, they just get stuck in this one, like, romanticized era of, oh, Sir Elton. Right. I think that's true. I think that, like, like, one movie about him that came out, I forget what it was called. It's made by the same person who did Bohemian Rhapsody. That kind of turned me off of him a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't, like, I didn't see either. Of the, I, like, biopics for, just don't interest me for some reason. I didn't watch all of Bohemian Rhapsody either. I just caught the end because my dad was watching it. Yeah. It, like, I have purposely avoided, and I think I only made it, like, 15 minutes into the Elton John one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't even realize there was an Elton John one. Yeah, it's one of those, like, where there's a narrative going, and then suddenly it just breaks out into, like, one of his hit songs, and it's like, okay. (laughs) Suddenly he's on the stage with Eminem. What's going on here? It's Um, just terrifying. Like, why is he wearing a chicken suit? Yeah, at one point he's wearing a chicken suit. I'm like, what's going on? Right. I hope he doesn't do that during his concerts. Oh, I'm sure there's... I mean, if you look, like, he always dressed, like, wild. When he was, like, younger, it was, like, cool. And now he's just, yeah, now it's just kind of, it's gotten more bizarre. What is the most bizarre show you've been to? Most bizarre show? Yeah, like, concert that made you be like, what the fuck? Like, not in a bad way, not in a good way, just anything that's left you thinking, wow, what did I just watch? Huh. And the Elton John movie, by the way, is called Rocket Man. Right. Okay, yeah, that's right. I think I... Maybe I have heard of it. Um, I've seen, like, you kind of see some... I used to go to shows... When I lived in Austin, I would go to shows fairly often. 
Um, and yeah, you'd see like kind of odd openers. Um, so I went to see Electric Six. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. They do like these uh, sort of funny, wacky songs. Um, um, but yeah, you should look them up. But there's some like, yeah, two person band open for them. Um, and they had this like long song called 24 hour breakup session. Uh, and I think it's just, it's just about like, I think it was just about sex, like having a lot of sex during a breakup. And I remember like the drummer was just, I felt like he was going to like break the drums. He was like hitting them so hard, you know, and they were just like screaming about the, the breakup session. Trying to see if I can find what band it is. I think it was Local H. Yeah. Okay. That's what's popping up. Got it. Yeah. It wasn't bad. That's what I'm saying. Some of the most like what the fuck things are like, oh, that was actually pretty interesting. Like if you, I want to say like Electric Six, like themselves would have been if you had just stumbled on it. But I was already a fan, so it didn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. For me, it would be Peaches. And that was just a, I was very aware of who she was. I just didn't yeah. know she brought all that on stage with her. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, I, you know what? I brought like Sorry, my 17 year old niece and I was like, this is going to be so fun. Let's watch it. And then she just comes out with like a gi- giant vagina on her head. Oh, okay. And seeing dick in the air and who's <laughs> jizz is this? And I just have to like tell her, just like, your mom doesn't know about this and she's never going to know. <laughs> Yeah. Like, this is our secret. <laughs> I saw, again, I was already a fan and very aware, but there's this group. I don't know if they're so active, but Turquoise Jeep. Have you heard of them? No. So they do, like, uh, a, but it's, like, straight-faced but really funny. Like, one of their songs is called... Uh, it goes like, how do you like your eggs fried or, or fertilized? Um, for just for example, but they were like, they're very like ridiculous music, really funny music videos. Um, but they were all there. It's like a group of like four or five, but they had this like dance troupe with them and they like, uh, sort of acted out all the dances on stage. There's a lot of like thrusting, um, but very, it was like, Great value for money, that show. What kind of genre are they? It's like it's like R&B with some rap. Um, but, like, kind of like comedy R&B. But, again, like, straight-faced, which makes it a lot funnier. See, I can get into that. Like, there's one guy, Pretty Rahim. Uh... I, f- I think it's called... Can your boyfriend do it like me or something like that? Um, but you just look up Turquoise Jeep and it's just a whole world will unfold in front of you that you never knew existed. I'm just gonna like start watching YouTube videos, see what I can find. <laughs> yeah, like that's now the new recommendation for textual healers. Go find yeah. a music video. Do you have any recommendation exactly what I should be looking for? Um, let's see. I think Fried or Fertilized might be the name of the Turquoise Jeep song. One of them. 
All right. So that's my assignment. Yeah. And I guess we'll see how many people actually listen to the show based on however many people are like, that was a good song to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll think about whether that should be my... I'll have to rewatch the video and make sure, you know. It's been a while since I've seen it. So after going through all this fun music talk, have you figured out what the theme song to So oh. Much Heart is? Um... I know, I threw it at you again, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Um, how about, like, maybe Final Countdown? We'll go with that. Oh, um, it's shit. like the, I was going for the, synth sounds in my head. <laughs> it's the equivalent of, the book equivalent of, like, Job on Arrested Development coming out with a knife in his mouth and just throwing cards around. Now, I want to see, like, a book trailer for this with that going on in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Maybe John, we'll have John play Job. That'd be the best thing ever. I would totally watch the hell out of that. Yeah. It would go viral. I bet it would. <laughs> and then you would be, like, the number one selling book in America. What? Yeah. Or Texas, because you won't be part of this country anymore. Right, yeah. right. International bestseller. I know. International bestseller. Heart of Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely aren't, like, fully Texas yet because you don't have the accent, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Like, my dad has, a you know, somewhat of a accent and my grandparents, but, um, you know, raised in San Antonio, you don't get as much as, like, the... Um, more rural areas. Mm-hmm. Do you think, like, where you are raised influenced any of your writing? Uh, I think maybe to some extent, like, like, I was talking to, I have a friend, a writer, his name is uh, Woody Skinner. And he's got a collection out, but he's from Arkansas. And we were, he was saying, like, there's sort of a southern way of writing, even if your story is not set in the south. Um, and I think maybe there's some of that, just the more, um, like the pacing. Lang- yeah, pay- like the spare language. I think it's like, so- like southern, uh, not necessarily dialect, but just like it's just more. Uh, it's just more spare and less uh, verbose, I guess. Oh, you could definitely tell, I think, where someone's from based off of the style of writing because it's kind of based on what their actual inner dialogue is like. Right, right, for sure. Like yeah, us I Midwesterners, like... we can't stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like the... I guess I'm just not very good, like, I or I'm not like a... Um, I would say, like, re- I guess re- write regionally or, like, you know, where setting is, like, this really huge part of the story, mm-hmm. which I love. Like, I love writers who do that, and I like, uh, you know, people who can invoke place really well. Um, but I don't know. I just, like, I feel like that's not, like, what my main interest of mine. I mean, you definitely do seem very more focused on 
character driven stories for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Faux show. See that I'm gonna edit out the fact that I said faux show. <laughs> I am just realizing after we discussed the DB Cooper thing, I know like over an hour ago, as I look at the cover, oh my god, there he is. Yeah, yeah, coming down on the parachute. I wonder how many people actually know that story anymore. You know what? I So I thought it was this universally known thing. Um and then I like I workshopped the story and how like no one I think there was even the teacher who was you know in her uh you know 50s I think somehow that had never heard of DB Cooper. Um and that's sort of like a criticism I get. It's like, you know, sometimes like, you know, I had to, you know, Wikipedia this thing. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have got it. Uh, but I always get, yeah, I get frustrated when people aren't aware of such things. Yeah, I, I don't think I've met anyone yet. I mean, I guess the younger generation. I'll have to ask around. Yeah. I'm just going to do a straw poll now of... Do you know who D.B. Cooper is? Well, they had that, like, um, that Netflix series came out about him. Um, that would have raised awareness, yeah. I was like, fuck, they took my gimmick, you know? Yeah, well, we're into that kind of shit right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we love our weird unsolved stories and our serial killer miniseries. We love those, too. Love it. I was just Can't watching Dahmer on an Oculus thing, and it was really awesome. If the, I'm going to lose it, me and my girlfriend are going to, if like the, if we don't get a Dateline or an Oxygen special on the Long Island Sealer Killer in the next week, you know, what are they doing? We need it. See, the shitty thing about us being so obsessed with serial killers right now is we're kind of numb to it. Right. So like. Currently in Chicago, there is an active serial killer. Is that the? I thought I heard like a, um, a theory about like they've only recently theorized that it's a serial killer or like a one person responsible for all these like stranglings. Yeah, and the bodies keep getting found by water. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's not one of those fun serial killers that toys with cops and are like, hey, look at who I am, or leaves fun little clues. But instead, our generation and the one below is just thoroughly entertained by it instead. Right. Like, as I think, like, in the 70s or all the way to the 90s, when people are like, what a monster. We're just like, I wonder who it is. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I'm really into, like, theoretical... Serial killers are like, have you heard of the pusher in Manchester? No. It's like these people keep, uh, the bodies keep showing up. I guess it's like the Manchester River Canal that goes through the city um, in the UK. Um, and, uh, but to me, it's like clear it's just like drunk people who drown, like, you know, fell in and drowned or whatever. But like, there are a lot of people convinced it's a, a serial killer or like the, Smiley face killer. It's like, oh, there was a a block away. There's a smiley face graffiti on the wall. This is connected. There um, is currently a uh, 
poll going on on thoughts on the Manchester Pusher. Um, 223 people have not heard of it. 134 people are undecided. 112 people think it's 100% legit. 168 think absolute bullshit. <laughs> okay. That's reasonable. I, I do think it's fine. Like, there are several Reddit threads on this. I, I'm going to oh, do sure. that. I'm yeah. Sure. That's yeah. my thing. Fuck your music video. I'm going to read about this now <laughs> instead. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't blame you. It just sounds so much more interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think if you watch one turquoise music video, you will, you will go through the catalog. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Like, I'll just, like, announce in the intro later. Be like, this is what captivated my attention. Now I direct you guys to listen to this or watch this. Right. Like, fuck what he said. Look into the Manchester Pusher. <laughs> Or, oh, damn, Drew is right, and this is a really good band. <laughs> so are you going to do anything else to promote this? Are you doing a tour at all? Um, no tour. Um, I don't think I'll do an event. Uh, I got a bunch of cool stuff coming out when it's in the next week or two uh, on the Internet, various I have an interview coming out with Mary Miller, which is exciting for me. Um, and just, you know, various postings. Did you already know her or did with an ex So that actually, um, I, I just reached out to her, like, you know, trying to get blurbs. And she said she was, you know, didn't, didn't necessarily expect a response. Uh, she said she'd actually read my stuff before and liked it. And then... I, you know, at, she was like, yeah, I'll read your manuscript and uh, said she loved it. And so, like, that's kind of, uh, I mean, obviously very generous uh, and just one of my favorite writers, you know, so it was very exciting. And are you just fully focused on this book or do you have any future projects coming up? So I'm working on, I keep, like, abandoning novels and starting new ones, but I'm working on... Uh, a novel right now about like a bodybuilder who's really into this like Tony Robbins type character um, and his goal is to win the world's strongest man um, but he's also very unstable uh, and it's kind of told through first person through his perspective uh, he struggles with OCD but he doesn't realize he has OCD so um, that's kind of what I'm focused on right now I am very into that idea. <laughs> How far are you into it? Uh, not too far. Uh, maybe like 5,000 words. I don't think it'll be particularly long. Um, Fuck overly, like, worded books. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. It's uh, it's fun to kind of write in the, you know, that voice, uh, first person, so. I dig it. Okay. So, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like us to know? Um, no, just, just again, buy the book, you know. Um, if you don't, the Manchester support, pusher will push you. Support, the, you know, the unemployed writer. Um, you know, come on. Exactly. You, could spare, you could spare 16 bucks. 
See, I had Seinfeld this, like, go through my mind, spare square, but go on. <laughs> yeah, and then you get this, you know, invaluable, you know, piece of art. Only for $16. It is a piece of art. Like, seriously, cover, words, all of it. Beautiful. Yeah, just for the cover. If you don't like the store, just the cover itself. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to see a hand coming out of a whale. Is it behind the whale? <laughs> There's something for, I mean, if, if you don't like the Bigfoot, you got the Orca. If you, you know, you got DB, you got just something for everyone. You got Pogs, you got... I, I do want confirmation on the car. It, it, it is a DeLorean, right? I don't think so. I think it's uh, the, I think it's supposed to be the car from Ride with Me. Um, it doesn't. Maybe it is a DeLorean. I don't know. Like because it's so much from the front. I'm just like maybe. Given all the yeah. pop culture that's like jumping out, that is I think my favorite part about this cover is that it feels like everything's jumping out at you. Right. There's like a. So my initial sort of thought of it was, you know, do you know the rapper Action Bronson? Yeah. So he's got a, he has an album called Rare Chandeliers, which is like totally out of control imagery, um, but in, in that kind of exploitation style. So that's what, and I just love that cover and that was kind of my thinking for it. I dig it. Okay, so before we go, I will ask you one question. This isn't going to air this Saturday. It will air next Saturday. Okay. And it's because we got into pop culture. So are you going to see the Barbie movie, the Oppenheimer movie, neither or both? Uh, neither. Um, yeah, my girlfriend asked me if I would see the Barbie movie, and I just... I mean, I should, like, I kind of feel bad because, like, she watches wrestling with me all the time. Oh, you got to give uh, her that. But she likes the wrestling, though, so she she's come to really enjoy it. Um, but maybe I would, I'll watch it, but maybe wait till it comes out on something. Uh, and I'm not, don't even know, not sure what the Oppenheimer thing is. It's about the bomb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that sounds, that sounds more interesting. That's why. So maybe I will see that. We're doing a double feature. We're seeing both of them in one day. That'll be a long oh, day. Oh, wow. It's quite, con- yeah, big contrast. And that's why your podcast will come out next weekend instead of this weekend. Oh, okay. I'll be too busy watching Barbenheimer. Are you, they're both in theaters right now? Yeah, they came at, oh, well, they come out on the same day, Saturday. So are you going to buy one ticket and then sneak into the next one? Yeah, oh, my God. I wish it was like that. You know, back in the 90s, I'm going, like, total gushing over, though. But motherfucking technology and comfort, you have to, you know, reserve your seats these days. Oh, that's right. I know. It's not as fun. My fiancé and I were totally just, like, in the beginning of our relationship, we were able to do this. Not possible anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, wow. we already decided where our seats are and everything i think i could probably do that in lubbock but maybe in chicago it's kind of an, it's a little more advanced we're actually not going to see him in chicago because uh chicago apparently doesn't have a real imax screen even though it's advertised oh, you gotta as see, one. 
you got to see Barbie and IMAX. No, we were seeing Oppenheimer and IMAX. And yeah. I want to see the bomb and I want to feel it. <laughs> right. That's fair. Yeah, I saw yeah, the new uh, Top Gun on IMAX. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, I guess I eventually have to bend and see that movie too. Yes, you do. Yeah, Tom Cruise has done so much for us. He, yeah, I mean, I know he's like everyone. Like, I've been on this cruise thing for before. It seems recently like people are, oh, Tom Cruise is great, but I've been saying that for for a long time. I mean, he's having a renaissance kind of right now. He is, yeah, he is. I feel like, yeah, that that's what we can end this on. We love you, Tom Cruise. Love you. <laughs> All right, that was Drew. Check out his book, So Much Heart, from With the Next Books, and head over to his website, drewbuxton.com, where you can check out his writing and screenplays. While you're at it, take a look at the other amazing books at With an X. You never know who I'll have on the show next. Be sure to check the show notes for all the proper spellings and links. As always, please check out our Twitter, at PodHealing, and take a look at our website, textualpodcast.com. Show us support by going on to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review, or subscribe to us on Spotify. We'll be back next Saturday, where I interview Scout Tafoya. This is Mallory Smart. Thanks for listening to the show.